Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jules Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. There is no end to hiking guidebooks on the market these days, but one question I get asked from time to time is, which trails can my dog accompany me on a hike? Strangely enough, from an Australian perspective, books that discuss dog-friendly walks are in short supply. In today's episode, episode 245, we look at the newly released Sydney-based guidebook that helps you get out on trail with your canine friend. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. In episode 204, we touch base with Andrew Groon and Evie O, authors of the book Day Trip Sydney 52 Nature Adventures. Today we catch back up with them again about their newest book, Dog Trip Sydney, 52 Dog-Friendly Nature Adventures, to find out about dog-friendly walks in the Sydney region. Okay, Evie, Andrew, welcome back to the Australian Hiker Podcast to talk about your new book, Dog Trip Sydney, 52 Dog-Friendly Nature Adventures. Hello, thanks for having us. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. All right, now before we talk about the book Dog Trip Sydney, give us a brief introduction to yourselves, uh, your general background, uh, and a bit bit about your hiking resume. So my background is in photography. I'm a photographer, and when it comes to hiking, I guess I've been hiking most of my life, but it's kind of really ramped up in the last couple of years as we've been writing these books and um, I think Evie and I would both agree we we love to do hikes that have kind of a big reward at the end so like a a waterfall or a tunnel or ruins. And my background is I run a design studio um, focusing in publications and brands and I'm also an artist. I haven't done many hikes. Well, now I've done quite a lot, but like I grew up in Indonesia in a very um, urban-like environment. So my connection to nature wasn't that natural in the beginning. But then I moved to Australia when I was 17 and um, it took me about nine years, I think, since I did my first bushwalk, believe it or not. And um, since then, I, I'm, I'm hooked. And um, before writing this book, I would just do bushwalks and the longer the better sometimes because then, you know, you just kind of like de-stress from urban um, situations, I guess. And um, yeah, we both of us um, met just before COVID and um, because there were not many date um, dating destination options, that's kind of how 
this project came about because we realized that oh we actually love road trips and we love um being in nature and you know that's what we yeah that that's kind of how we got here how often do you take your dog hiking with you as much as possible really he suffers from a big case of separation anxiety and um so do i <laughs> and <laughs> um, me too <laughs> yeah so we we don't we don't like to leave him uh, anywhere, but obviously we can't bring him on every walk because um, in New South Wales you can't bring pets into national parks. So that is kind of one of the main reasons this this book came around because we didn't we didn't want him missing out really. And that and your dog's name's Henry, is it? Yes, his name is Henry. Henry the Whippet. Yeah, I was going to say it's. Uh, I think they're fairly high energy sort of dogs, aren't they? So I'm sure that I'm sure he'd sure he'd appreciate uh, uh, getting out and about as much as he possibly can. Yeah, he gets the zoom. I mean, you'll be surprised with whippets, um, even though they look so athletic, and they are athletic dogs. They're actually quite lazy. Like um, daily, we do you know, like he just runs like ten minutes and that's it. But he does. <laughs> He does love bushwalks because, like, obviously, maybe urban dogs also have forgotten what it's like to live really, you know, in, in like wild nature. And um, I feel like that's what he's like when he's when we're on bushwalks. He's like sniffing, sniffing everything, eating everything, which is, you know, which could be bad. But also, yeah, like, I feel like he's become a new version of him when he's out in nature. And it's quite nice to see. Um, but it- it's also uh, quite funny when we're, when we're on a deadline and we kind of have to really ramp up the bushwalks. And, you know, we might do like five in two, three, three or four days or something. Like he, uh, he he's not so excited <laughs> to get out of the car, and he he doesn't um he doesn't run around as much. He kind of <laughs> sticks by our side, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't to... know if it's animal cruelty, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine. All right, now let's talk about your new book. So, Dog Trip Sydney: Fifty-two Dog-Friendly Nature Adventures. What made you decide to write this book about walking with dogs? Yeah, well, it it, it really came back to what Andrew mentioned before. Like, um, obviously, my love for Henry is very big and you know they say animals have unconditional love I think I do too with him and um I remember just feeling as sad as him when you know we go out and he's alone at home and um also another reason was like when we did our first book um, Day Trip Sydney it was very 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 hard to curate the um the options to um to curation into 52 trips and a lot of um, walks in Dr. Sydney were kind of like, um, it's not even a deal list because they were good. We just had to kind of like not include them in book one. And I thought, well, if, you know, if if they couldn't be included there, why can't, you know, why don't we include them in book two? And and then we just kind of like, I guess, found more dog-friendly walks and, and there goes, yeah, the rest is kind of like it. Now, this book lists 52 walking adventures where you can take your canine companion all within 120 kilometres of the Sydney city centre, and each is able to be done with a single day. Why 52 walks, and how did you go about choosing the walks that you have? It's actually a funny, um, well, it's not funny, it's a quite cruel, actually, um, story, (laughs) (laughs) because um, 
and this is like, I guess this is like, this is what it's like to be working um, with a publishing house. Um, and when I say crew, it's all positive, obviously. We, in the initial proposal for this series was, was actually 30 to 35 walks instead of 52. But then um, when our publisher put together this pitch and then presented it to acquisition meeting, the one, one very clever person said, why don't we up the number to 52? So that's one every week of the year. I mean, it does sound good, but then it also doubled um, our um, workload. But having <laughs> said that, <laughs> we it's it's quite it's it's good and bad. I guess like we we're also forced to kind of like um, work harder on our research and you know find places that might not just be you know the obvious because you know like I guess like hiking guides um it's not a, a new idea but like um when when working with Thames and Hudson we would really um focus on how to create a modern like or, or like a refreshed version of you know what has been done in the past and hopefully um we delivered. I must admit I think when I uh, started looking at uh preparing for this podcast and also doing a review of the book, which will be released at the same time as this podcast. I, I actually struggled to find many dog walking guidebooks. Um, you know, there seem to be a lot overseas, but Australia seemed to be a bit light on. And, I, and I'm sure there are websites and the occasional book around, but it just surprised me, given how many of us actually own dogs, that there wasn't already uh, a, a number of books in this sort of category. Yeah, we, we were we were really surprised as well when we did our re- research. That there are a few books out there, but they're kind of more like a, a list of you know like dog parks and kind of places where you can take your dog. And um, I think we really did see a gap gap in the market. Yeah, and hopefully we we took advantage of that. Right. I guess maybe that made me the craziest dog lady in the whole Australia. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, just sort of t- uh, finishing off that last question, um, I mean, and you've already touched on this, uh, how did you yeah. go about choosing the walks that you have? And, and you did mention you wanted some, some of the walks with some payoffs like waterfalls and things like that. But given that you're taking a dog on this walk and it's not just about you, it's about the dog – how did you sort of select the walks in that respect? Well, there's that as well, but also with dogs, I guess we have to be quite thoughtful about how easy a trek would be. You know, like we, we think about could a small dog do this? You know, is it um, big dogs only? Like all those things, um, I guess, are additionals when you're writing a um, hiking guide for dogs instead of just humans. Um, and then in a way, safety is probably not that I'm saying that the um, you know, like humans are less prone to accidents or something, but you know, dogs can be really silly. Like they could just zoom and then just like jump up. So like, yeah, all those things we kind of consider when we choose things. And um, obviously, um, we thought the challenge with the with this dog book is actually not being able to access any of um, national parks, which is you know obvious, but also. How can we find epic walks that are also fun for the humans who are going there? Like it's not just a mere dog park or like a short trail. Like you know, like the humans have to have fun too. So, so with all this involved, in a way, maybe the curation of book two have more um, tick boxes compared to book one. Uh, and we also 
in this book, we thought about when people, you know, want to take a dog for a walk. It might be also like not like a 10-kilometer type situation. It might just be a few kilometers that they could drive to before or after work. So so a lot of them, we, we tried to make quite a mix of some that are quite close to the city and some that are very far away. I think more so in this book than, than the previous one where a, a lot of the work um, walks were kind of, you know, an entire day trip. Yeah, I think looking at the um, looking at the the, the list of uh, walks in through here, there's a, a good range of walks from you know those sort of just under a kilometre to I think the longest one is just under ten kilometres. But there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of three and four and five kilometre walks, which is as you say for a smaller dog or a, a less active dog is probably not a, a bad sort of distance as a maximum. For sure, when we did the the Kayama walk with Henry, he. Um, <laughs> It was quite a hot day, and he took about four fifths of the way through. He he just gave up, and he's a very clean dog, and he never sits on the floor. He he always he prefers carpet, but he just he just lay down on the floor, and he refused to walk. And I I, I put him in my backpack for the rest of the walk, which was um yeah, <laughs> poor little guy. Yeah, well, that's not a bad thing when you've got a smaller dog. As long as you don't have a, a Great Dane or something, they're a bit harder to carry. <laughs> yeah, that would be much harder to carry, true. <laughs> All right, now, as co-authors of this book, what role did you each play in putting it together? So, I, 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 and this is sort of goes back to your previous book. I think you, you each had defined roles. Uh, and what were they? Um, so... Evie does a lot of the, the research, kind of putting together the list because I'm, I'm a terribly unorganized person <laughs> and I'm terrible at homework. Um, so Evie does a lot of that and then we kind of edit down that list together and I do the photography. Evie, as a very talented book designer, she designs the book and then when it, and we do the maps together and when it comes to writing, we, we write together as well. Um, Evie kind of um, drafts it out and then, then I flourish it. So it's quite a production, but we've, we've kind of we've got it down. We've got it down to a fine art at this stage. Now, just so that, that sort of raises the issue of the photos. I mean, it's, you, know, you always try and get the best photos you can, whether it's a, a book for dogs or a book for humans. Uh, and this one's obviously got a lot of photos with a lot of dogs in it, uh, which I must admit is is something I'm not used to looking at hiking guidebooks. When you when you're just dealing with the landscapes or people, you can ask someone to say, "Just stand there and look this way." How do you go about <laughs> how, how do you go about doing the photos with dogs uh, and, and and getting them in the right spot to get the good photos? Well, luckily with Henry, he's <laughs> he's a natural model. He'll just. He'll just walk up the track and then we'll say, Henry, and he'll turn around and do his um, Zoolander blue steel moment. <laughs> and um, other times it's it's just luck and, and speed. Um, you always have to be ready for the moment where, where dogs are doing something incredible. But luckily um, dogs are great subjects because they're just, they're always having fun. So it's kind of, it's 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 hard to take a bad photo of a dog, I think, but it, it's the I think the the skill is 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 getting that right moment and um, 
yeah, that's that's just a matter of of being ready all the time. On oh trips. yes, um, sometimes we do bring friends um, with dogs on trips because uh, you know on the more adventurous or like obscure destinations, um, we were not liking the chance of Henry having a friend, and that was actually one of the briefs that our publisher gave us, like you know, make this book look like a dog party. And actually, that brings um, us to a very interesting artistic um, decision of taking out all humans. Out oh, yeah. That, that's the most, that's the <laughs> most important bit. I, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Tim, but that there's no people in the book whatsoever. So we, we kind of imagined an alternative reality where these dogs were going on um, all these adventures without their owners. And I had to Photoshop a lot of people <laughs> out of every single photo. It was it was a lot of work. I must admit, I, now, now you mention it, I, I, I don't think, as I said, when looking through the book, I, I didn't see a person, but I, I just didn't think about it. It just seemed natural that that's, that's what you're looking at. Okay, now, like the previous book, Day Trip Sydney, uh, which is your hiking version of this book, this book is set out very well and is easy to follow with little distinct icons on the trail maps. What made you choose the particular information that you're providing in each of these walks? That was actually um, kind of like we workshopped that with um, our publisher um, at Thompson Hudson and our um, book editor as well. Like, um, I guess we could have gone deeper or we could have gone lighter, but we thought, you know, we should, like the idea of day trip is, well, I guess the original conception of the series was done during COVID and it, it, it's meant to, you know, a day trip is meant to be an escape and we want it to be easy. So we deliberately, you know, didn't include too much information of like, you know, turn left and right um, or like um, there will be a hill here and there. Like we, we're leaving out those, um, I guess, information that are usually apparent in other books, Um for the um, walkers to kind of enjoy it on, on the spot and, you know, leave, a, a, leave a, li- a lot of room of surprise when it comes to seeing, you know, like to them enjoying the uh, walk. We did include elevation because we thought, you know, if somebody's not up for a big hike, they shouldn't go on a high climb um, walk. And um, the facilities were actually a very, um, I guess, clever decision because um, when we we, we don't we don't have children and all we thought about like okay we'll just go with our dogs that's it but then um, our publishers like what about um, toddlers what about people with wheels so they they really um, they, they guided us into the inclusion of um, good information I guess and um, that's all credit to them. I must admit, I am um, thinking back to the previous book and looking at this one. In some respects, the table of contents has been slightly simplified, which I don't mind actually, because you know you're talking about East CBD, North, uh, South, and West. So you know you pick a pick a region, uh, and then looking at the little uh, the list at the front, uh, and something I hadn't actually thought about here is you identify whether the uh, walks are on leash or off leash or both. Which I hadn't really thought about because you know, not not having had a dog for a few years, you know, I always tend to think, well, the dog's always going to be on a leash, but there there certainly are walks where you can let them off leash. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, no, I think that's very good. And I I did love the little logos. So the uh, little 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 <laughs> logos saying you know that they're 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 very cute little logos. They're easy to follow, uh, and they just make it a, a very simple, enjoyable book to read. Yeah, um, and those logos, um, believe it or not, um, that were like they were tested against a few Thames and Hudson personnels just to make sure they're like you know legit because we we're kind of like we're not re, re not reinventing the wheel, but like they don't look like the other usual logos. Like it's not like stick people. Um, and if you see it, actually, well, they are stick people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like if you no, 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 but like what I'm saying is if you look really closely. Um, the stick people, our stick people wear a half skirt as well. So it's, you know, like what I'm trying to say is like we're trying to be um, current with how our icons are designed as well. Yeah, no, I think that I think they're quite nice. It's you get so used to seeing the stock standard things that's used about every in it, just about every guidebook, but I think I've actually found these ones a bit easier in some respect, and it's you, know, you, you actually paid attention to them, whereas the other ones you just tended to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 try not to inundate people with too much data and and we we kind of have like a phrase for the kind of our target uh book buyer and we say that they're the casual adventurer. Yeah. So that's so when we design it we kind of we kind of have that in mind. All right. Now, do you or for that matter Henry have a favorite adventure out of the 52 listed in the book? I can't speak for him, <laughs> but um, he was really happy when he did the um, the cover book um, that was from Manly Dam. Yeah, and and you will think right, like oh, um, Manly Dam, that's um, really not romantic, but it's absolutely beautiful there. Like um, it's good because there are a lot of um, different terrains for him to enjoy. Like there's like um, some hilly bits. Um, waterfalls, some bushy stuff, um, there are easy um, platform walks as well because sometimes, you know, like um, dogs just like it easy as well. Yeah, like I think he quite enjoyed that. What, what, what do you think, Andrew? I think he loved them all. <laughs> <laughs> Except Kayama. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I can't say what his favourite walk was, but I, I think I know his least favourite walk. But... <laughs> So but he he really enjoyed the beginning of Kayama. Yeah. Yeah. So so in, so in other words, you probably recommend sh- starting off with the shorter walks to start with and seeing what what your dogs are happy with. I mean, just as with yourself, right? You you got to know your limits and and your your dog's limits. Okay. So where to next? Do you have another book on the horizon? Uh, we have two more books on the horizon. So. Last winter, we moved to Melbourne um, with Henry and we did about 100 (laughs) walks in the Melbourne region. And um, yeah, so we've got Day Trip Melbourne coming out just before spring, I think, and then Dog Trip Melbourne just after Christmas, I think. And we are also scheming with our publisher on doing some more books, hopefully on an island down south. All right, now that'll be good. That'll be good. It's sort of, uh, it's always hard. I mean, you know, when you when you're uh, an author producing a series of books, it's not as if you you can do them all in one year. And I think uh, covering Sydney and then now Melbourne, uh, that will give a fairly good chunk of the population that'll that, that tends to fall into that category. So 
I think the, the Melbourne books will do well also. Okay, so we've been talking with authors Evo and Andrew Groon about Dog Trip Sydney, 52 dog-friendly nature adventures. Andrew, Evie, thank you for your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Tim. Okay, so that was our interview with authors Evie O and Andrew Groon uh, on their second guidebook, uh, Dog Trip Sydney, 52 dog-friendly hiking adventures or nature adventures. And this is certainly a very different sort of guidebook than what we've done before because we traditionally focus on guidebooks for people who are walking, whether it be in a rural or an urban or a uh, wilderness setting. But in this case here, we're looking at walks that are designed to take your canine friend on. Yeah, it's a really interesting um, idea. I mean, we do see uh, lots of people uh, wanting uh, to take their dogs on hikes with them but not sure where they can. Um, And those who do um, put a lot of planning and a lot of effort into making sure their dogs are safe. So this is a nice book. Um, It's a little bit different from the normal guidebook um, because you can get this really strong sense that this is about – the dog. This is not about the obsessive compulsive human who wants to do all of that planning. I'm thinking about Tim now. Um, you know, and I think Evie was saying, you know, it's not about turn right here, turn right there. It's about exploring and it's about um, taking your canine friend uh, somewhere where they can explore. And the guidebook is is written in that way and it really comes across. And I think they're actually saying as well, this book is designed for you know, the average person. It's not designed for the hardcore hiker. I mean, yeah, there, there are some good-looking walks in here. And I'll be honest, if I'm going for a walk, I don't want to have 30 other people who happen to be walking, let alone walking with their dogs. So it may be that I don't necessarily pick these walks to do myself. But there are a lot of people out there who do want to go walking with their dogs. And as uh, Andrew and Evie mentioned uh, the dog almost becomes a different sort of uh, individual uh, when presented with uh, a natural environment, lots of new smells, lots of lots of things to eat uh, that they may not necessarily should be eating, but <laughs> <laughs> being typical dogs, that's what they tend to do. So I think it's an excellent uh, book in that respect. The other thing as well is that, and again, if you listen to the interview, that they mentioned there are no pictures of people in these books. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I missed when I looked through this book and looked through the images uh, and looked through the uh, what was there. It didn't occur to me that there weren't people. There just happened to be photos of lots of dogs. Uh, and, in fact, and apart from a book on dog breeds, I don't think I've seen a book with pictures of so many dogs in one place before. Yeah, and um, and in a way, Andrew demystified this by talking about the photoshopping that he had to do to, to get, I think it was probably more the occasional uh, human, out of the way. Um, but the images are lovely and some of them are really playful and, yeah, it does give you this sense of, um, you know, this is something that, you could do with your dog and you could have a good time and the dog would have a good time and they might meet some other little friends along the way. The things that really stood out for me with this book, I mean, I had a look at the uh, Day Trip Sydney, the hiking version of this book, and it's not an overly complex book. They keep things fairly simple. But in relation, the table of contents is quite short on this book. And that's not a bad thing because it really does talk about, you know, dog talks about uh, hiking with dogs 101 It talks about uh, uh, 
the locations of where the walks are, and it really comes does come down to east CBD, west, north, and south. Uh, and if you're looking at a walk, depending on what part of Sydney you're on or what part you want to travel to, you can say, okay, I want to go out to Western Sydney today, and you look at the, the west section uh, and see where the those walks had happened to be located. So that's actually a good thing there. And the other thing I liked was that there's a combination of shorter and longer walks, uh, de- depending on you know how much time you had available, um, depending on, I guess, you you. Your skill with you and your dog um, out in a you know a, a semi bush. It's not isolated bush environment. So you know I think there's something in there for everyone. And you know I think there is a little bit of an appetite for people to get out there and you know share some of these experiences with their best friend. The other thing I really like was the use of the icons, and they're they're not the traditional icons you see in just about every guidebook worldwide. They've gone through and created their own icons, and and as they said, they're not puppy try- icons. Yeah, <laughs> they're not trying to recreate the uh, the wheel here, but they the icons are quite cute and they're very descriptive. So they they really are a good little uh, uh, introduction to to what's going on. From my perspective, this is a, an excellent book. It's a resource that was sorely missing. Uh, and while you can actually go online to, to type in dog-friendly walks in the Sydney region, not everyone necessarily wants to use the internet and not everyone actually has access to the internet uh, and they want to be able to take a book with them and say, oh, what's in this area? Uh, and they can have a look on the spot. I mean, the book itself is not that heavy, so it's easy to throw into a pack providing you don't have your dog in there as well, which Andrew mentioned in one of his stories. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, now just to finish off, they did actually mention that they're already working on their next projects, and that's Day Trip Melbourne uh, and Dog Trip Melbourne, uh, due for release late in 2023 and early 2024. And I think that was one of my criticisms, I suppose. It's okay, it's lovely to have books about Sydney, but what about the rest of the country? Uh, and I think this, these Sydney books probably cover five, six, seven million population, you know, by the area they cover. Adding Melbourne in, you know, you're probably picking up a fair chunk of Australia's population. They are looking again what the next step is after the Melbourne book release. So uh, I think, you know, this is one thing that they're working their way through the main population centres, trying to identify walks that suit just the average hiker and the dog. Uh, as well, and I think you know, they, this will turn out to be quite a good series as it progresses along. It's clear that they're passionate about uh, walking uh, with their dog and walking with other dogs, and it's great to see that they're putting this effort into producing these books, and I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of them. So, you know, I think it would be nice to get out there and support them in their endeavour. Just before we finish off, at the same time this podcast has been released, uh, there'll also be a full book review released at the same time, and the link for that will be in the show notes. Uh, or again, you can just go onto the Australian Hiker website to the gear section uh, and just search for books and you'll come across it as well. Uh, so again, if you want to see some images of this book uh, and some examples of the information you'll find, that's a good place to go, uh, including links on where you can find this book if you're interested in it. Okay, that's all for me. I hope you've enjoyed. Bye for now. And bye from me.
welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three quarters of a million times in a hundred. <sighs> welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three quarters of a million times in over one hundred and sixty countries, and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Dulce. The icons are quite cute and, cute 